We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am James, a.k.a. BCP, Black Conservative Patriot. Please receive a big hug from me. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, I'm wearing my MAGA black shirt. I bought it at the Reawaken America tour over at the booth, the MAGA black booth of our friend and brother, Bishop Leon Benjamin. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Leon to put a link in the comment section, which I can then link for those of you who want to buy the MAGA black t-shirt. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Feliz Navidad, Bon Natal, all that good stuff. Now, we know that we are in the middle of their second attempt to steal the election from President Trump. They did it in 2020. I play the introduction just about every single episode of Joe Biden bragging about their extensive, very well-oiled machines to steal the election of 2020, which they did. And they are at it again in 2024. Look, I am unapologetic about two things that have lost me my Black Conservative Patriot YouTube channel. I lost the channel over there on YouTube which was uh, over half of my income because I unapologetically over here and I haven't backed down and I won't back down. President Biden is an illegitimate president. The 2020 election was stolen and the vaccine is a bioweapon. COVID-19 vaccine is not a vaccine. It's a bioweapon. So much for uh, free speech in America. We appreciate your continued support of this program If it weren't for you, it wouldn't be alive. Uh, 90% of this podcast is viewer supported, not ad supported. So we appreciate uh, your continued support. I am not going to back down on the 2020 election being stolen. And why would I? They are openly trying to steal 2024 again. They don't even care that we can see it. I want to go over here to this Websites called lawfaremedia.org, and they are tracking uh, the Section 3 Trump disqualification challenges. They are nonpartisan, and they are tracking the attempts to keep President Trump off of the ballot. Almost immediately after January 6, 2021, legal commentators began debating whether Section 3 of the 14th Amendment could be used to disqualify former President Donald Trump from running in the 2024 presidential election. They discussed in particular whether or not Section 3 applied to a former president, whether it is self-executing, and whether January 6th could be considered an insurrection or rebellion. That's right. Immediately after January 6th, this was in discussion. Kind of like immediately after President Trump winning the 2016 election, they were already saying this is day one of the impeachment. Same deep state, treasonous, traitorous, rat bastards we've been dealing with for the last several years. 
So the lawfare media continues saying that the issue has become less abstract. And in February 2021, talks about the acquittal of President Trump on the, the second impeachment. And then it says, beginning with the case in Florida in February 2023, voters and advocacy groups have brought many Section 3 challenges in state and federal courts across the country, attempting to block Trump's name from appearing on ballots for state primaries and caucuses before the national election begins. As we know, two days ago, Colorado judges became the first in the nation to remove Trump from the state's primary ballot. This page is intended to track which states have active Section 3 litigation to remove Trump from the 2024 ballot. Okay, folks, how many states do you think are challenging this in addition to Colorado? A handful? Half a dozen? A dozen? Maybe 10? Maybe even a dozen? Wait a minute. Maybe even a baker's dozen. It's more than that. 16 states. New York Times. Here are the other states where Trump's ballot eligibility faces a challenge. At least 16 states beyond Colorado currently have open legal challenges to the former president's eligibility for office. But what happens next depends on the U.S. court. Now, one thing I hate about these bastards over at the New York Times is this. Look at this. The headline says they call President Trump the former president. But when you read the article, damn it, they are so disrespectful. This week's decision by the Colorado Supreme Court to disqualify former President Donald J. Trump from holding office again was the first victory for a sprawling legal effort that is now that is still unfolding across the country. At least 16 other states currently have pending legal challenges to Mr. Trump's eligibility for office under the 14th Amendment. Damn it. Boy, does it hurt them to call him President Trump. They call Obama, President Obama. They call Bill Clinton, President Clinton. They even call Jimmy Carter, President Carter. Okay, those are Democrats. They even call George W. Bush, President Bush. And when uh, Herbert Walker was alive, they called him President Bush. But boy, does it pain them to call President Trump, President Trump, once again with the disrespect of calling him Mr. Trump. Just call him Trump. Look, we call him Trump because he, he was a brand, right? He is a brand. Trump is a brand. Him as a person. So when someone says Trump, I don't find that disrespectful. But when they call them when they call him Mr. Trump, I consider that disrespectful because if you're going to put a title before Trump, it should be President Trump, not Mr. Trump. Is it just me being sensitive? Is James, aka BCP, the black conservative patriot, am I turning into a freaking snowflake? Or do I have a point here? Let me know down below. Four of these lawsuits in Michigan, Oregon, New Jersey, and Wisconsin have been filed in state courts. 11 lawsuits in Alaska, Arizona, Nevada, New York, New Mexico, South Carolina, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming have been filed in federal district courts. Let's go through that list again, folks. Let's go through the list of these 16 states so that you are aware of them. They are again, Alaska, Arizona, Maine, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, Nuevo Mexico, New York, Oregon, South Carolina, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, Wisconsin, 
And why, oh, why is Wyoming on this list? Alaska, Arizona, Maine, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, South Carolina, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming. Just in case you don't understand my Spanish pronunciation of some of these state names. And again, the details are are the following. Michigan, Oregon, New Jersey, and Wisconsin, they're in state courts. Alaska, Arizona, Nevada, New York, New Mexico, South Carolina, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming are in federal district courts. And Arizona, Michigan, as we have been covering here, were initially dismissed by lower court, but have been appealed. And another challenge has also been made in Maine. So that's where we're at, folks, with these 16. But guess what? They're not just trying to steal the election on from President Trump. They're trying to make sure that no challengers on the Democrat side can challenge Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. And this is what I want to show you. Biden won't have challengers in North Carolina in 2024 primary election, state Democratic Party decides. The North Carolina Democratic Party declined to allow any Biden challengers on the ballot for the 2024 primary. The North Carolina GOP made similar efforts in 2020, attempting to only put Donald Trump on the ballot that year. Okay, but once again, it's not just happening in North Carolina. Four states, Florida, Tennessee, North Carolina, Massachusetts, have decided to force voters into a single option for the Democratic primaries, and that, of course, is Joe Biden. Florida, 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 Tennessee, North Carolina, and Massachusetts. The decision, which effectively crowns Joe Biden as a Democratic nominee in those states without primary contestation, has incited allegations of disenfranchise, disenfran, okay, disenfranchise. Why can't I say that word? Disenfranchisement. W- wow. I, why am I struggling with that word today? You know, since I was like seven years old, the biggest word I learned was anti-disestablishmentarianism, and I actually knew at, at a seventh grade, at, at a seven-year-old level, the definition of, of that word. Yet I can't say disenfranchisement today. And it's not even a Friday. It's Thursday. Merry Christmas. Today is a great Christmas day for me. We're in California for the holidays. And BCP Jr. just flew in for the holidays. And uh, I have a one o'clock pickup at LAX tonight uh, to pick up Juniorette and her husband. And my wife, who is Mexican from Mexico, stayed up late making tamales. She makes the best tamales in the world. And she also made abuelitas, like bitter, dark uh, Mexican chocolate to go along with it. Christmas is in full swing in the BCP household. A very Merry Christmas to you. Don't forget the reason for the season. That's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and celebrating his birth John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. And that is what we're celebrating. Remember that. And Christmas is a lot more enjoyable. Getting back to the secular, the Democrats are playing the same game and they're stealing the election, not just by trying to keep President Trump off the ballot, 
but keeping anyone else off the ballot so that their anointed uh, Joe Biden can come in. All right, but who else is running against President Trump on the Republican side? That's Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, Here is The Hill. Vivek Ramaswamy pledges to withdraw from Colorado ballot amid Trump removal. And let's look at a rhino response. A rhino response that literally right away got skewered. And that's from rhino Dan Crenshaw, who said maybe he should just withdraw from all the other states too. Now, we are solidly on the Trump train here at the BCP on the BCP podcast. We are all in for Trump. But I like Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, I say that with a little bit of, uh, I'm a little cautious and trepidant in my saying that because he says the right things, he's doing the right things, but he came up too fast, kind of like an Obama. So the verdict's still out on him. I am not a Vivek fan for president. That should be obvious. Total Trump trainers, we are here. But as a pundit, as a scrapper and a warrior and a fighter for MAGA principles, even though maybe he doesn't consider himself MAGA, I don't know if he does or not. I like him. I, I like Vivek Ramaswamy, let's say, as a pundit. And I like that he's savage. So what was his reply to this tweet from Dan Crenshaw that maybe Vivek Ramaswamy should withdraw from other states too? He said, maybe congressmen shouldn't be allowed to trade individual stocks with a cash emoji. And then everyone else piled on after that. So you can see this was pretty, this was pretty quick within 40 minutes of Dan Crenshaw uh, uh, with that uh, comment. Vivek Ramaswamy had that, and then the people started piling on after that. Uh, Kat Turd says, Vivek just owned corrupt neocon Dan Crenshaw. Mark Pakita, ouch. The red-headed libertarian bodied. Uh, Stefan, damn, this tweet wins the internet machine today. Fire, fire, fire. Vivek is basically what Crenshaw wanted to be, Mike Vega says. And that is uh, the rhinos showing their true colors and then getting pummeled for it. And now I want to continue with my coverage of Jeffrey Epstein. So if you've been watching or listening to the last several episodes, this will now be uh, our kind of our third episode, not really, because I had one episode that was about Epstein, and then I did another episode, but it was a short episode. It was just one story about Epstein that I didn't, that I started the previous episode, so I didn't make it its own episode number. I just made it part B or part two of the previous episode, and then I did do a short episode yesterday. That's a numbered episode, but that's me on Will Johnson's Culture War show on LFA TV, uh, a live show I did the other day when the story about the Colorado ballot uh, broke. So as far as, this is a third report in a row where I'm talking about Jeffrey Epstein. I want to show you this uh, this great segment that was on Newsmax, and it's about Epstein's client list. It's not just, uh, we don't have to just worry about getting the flight logs. J.P. Morgan has it in their records. 
Seamus Bruner, the author of uh, Control of Garks and director at the Research and Government Accountability Institute. And Vicki Ward, the founder of the Vicki Ward Investigates newsletter on Substack, who obviously has been following Jeffrey Epstein for probably close to 20 years now. Uh, Vicki, I'll go to you first on this. Uh, I mean, did I miss anything? And is there any more clear answers than anything I, I discussed? Unfortunately, no. And I do think... Uh, that we do need answers about the men. You know, I sat through Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, trial and uh, I wrote about how incredibly frustrating it was to see these flight logs with redactions of all these names of all these men. And at the end of the day, the only person who has paid a price uh, for, for helping Jeffrey Epstein is Ghislaine Maxwell. And, you know, I have said again and again, where are the men? Jeffrey Epstein was enabled uh, by an ecosystem of rich, powerful men. We need to know who they are. I do think, uh, you know, this goes to how our country is run. I actually find myself in an unusual position for agreeing with Ted Cruz. I think it's really important that we get to the bottom of this. I have looked into this for 20 years, and I still don't have all the answers. Yeah, and that's crazy. After 20 years, you can't find the answers in that. But Because the men are rich and powerful people who are being protected, who are being uh, sheltered, if you will, uh, and what have you. Now, we know that, uh, we know Bill Gates now, we know, we know several of these names, we know uh, Bill Clinton but here we go. Several well-known individuals will be named in list of more than 170 associates of Jeffrey Epstein set to be unsealed. Three names will actually remain sealed. Uh, check this out from News Nation. We're here outside the uh, federal courthouse here in lower Manhattan, and this is where Judge Loretta Preska has ordered that January 1st release date of more than 170 names associated with a civil lawsuit that was settled uh, some time ago here. Uh, but many of those names that will be released are Jeffrey Epstein's close friends, associates, and some of his victims. Now, the judge is also allowing those individuals uh, who would like to keep their names concealed or redacted uh, to file an appeal to make their case before the release of those names in less than two weeks. Now, many of those names that will come out certainly are known and notable, including a former president. Including a former president. Now, I want to play this from News Nation because we would assume that that former president would be Slick Willie. But what if it's not? What if it's someone else? What if, suspiciously, Slick Willie's name is not on there, but another president? I don't know, folks. Just thought I'd mention it just in case. We'll see what's up in two weeks. All right, let's go back to the J.P. Morgan list. Uh, Seamus, you're also a, a bit immensely involved in investigating a number of things, including something like this. How is it that we have U.S. senators calling for something as simple as a flight log for somebody who's dead and we can't even get those? Yeah, God bless you, Carl, for covering this important issue. And I applaud Vicki for her work. And I applaud Senator Blackburn for calling for the flight logs. Here's the thing. The flight logs are circumstantial evidence at best. I can tell you where the Epstein client list is. It's with a bank called J.P. Morgan Chase. Side notes. Notice how all these people who are pedophiles, pedophile enablers, and pedophile associates are being protected and are part of the banking system. 
but conservatives are being deplatformed by PayPal and uh, other banks. Just thought, uh, as a former banker, I'd throw that in there, that uh, the system, the beast system, some would call it, uh, that's coming up, is going to punish people who are moral, but reward people who are deviants. Just last month, a judge approved a $365 million settlement between J.P. Morgan Chase and the victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, and so what happened is a year ago, the victims of Jeffrey Epstein sued J.P. Morgan Chase because J- Jeffrey Epstein was a big client there. The victims say that J.P. Morgan Chase uh, facilitated the transfers, uh, human trafficking transfers. Well, J.P. Morgan Chase just agreed to pay $365 million to avoid going to trial. Here's the kicker. J.P. Morgan Chase has admitted to the Treasury Department that they did facilitate over $1 billion in human trafficking transfers. And guess what? You can't just hum- you can't just transfer money to no one and you can't receive money from no one. So J.P. Morgan Chase knows the clients. They know yeah. who transferred a billion dollars to Jeffrey Epstein. Well, they can tell us who they are. By the way, the federal judge has said two of the three people whose names will remain sealed, uh, John Doe's 58 and 124, as classic outsiders peripheral to the Vented issue who are not associated with Epstein and Maxwell. Why would there be two uh, John Doe's in an Epstein case whose names have to be blocked because they are classic outsiders peripheral to the events at issue. And a third, John Doe 133, was mistakenly identified in a photo. According to the judge, noted that Doe was characterized as an alleged perpetrator by a reporter. The judge did not further elaborate on her decision. Kind of strange. Oh, by the way, in my reporting of, of Jeffrey Epstein in three reports in a row right now, for the record, I am not suicidal. I love my wife. I love my life. I have no reason to slip my wrist, jump in front of a train, jump off a bridge, or hang myself. It sucks that I even have to say that in America. It sucks that I have to let people know that I'm not suicidal just for giving my opinion on on, on powerful people. It's kind of the same thing that that Juan Mendoza uh, had to do after... Last year, posting this, uh, this, uh, this to uh, Bill Clinton. I confronted Bill Clinton at the rally he held with Representative Cuellar and Laredo about his alleged connection to child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. I think the answer is clear. What a sinister, sinister look. Look at this evil look. Look at this sinister, evil look from Smile from. <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. He got me the little girlies. I think the answer is clear. You better watch yourself. Scary stuff, folks. Scary stuff. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but... Uh, I love my life. I absolutely adore my wife of 27 years. I love my kids. I love my life. I am healthy. 
I am very healthy. I've lost like 20 pounds. I'm healthier than I've been in a long time. I am not suicidal. Sucks that we even have to say that. And since we're talking about things that can get you in trouble, let's wrap up with how not only are they continuing to steal the election in 2024, but they are going after everybody who says and has proven that the election was stolen in 2020, even people who kind of bowed out and didn't go the distance. I'm talking about Rudy Giuliani and his $148 million settlement that he's supposed to pay to Ruby Freeman and her daughter, who we also on video taking ballots out of a box and running them through the machine countless times. Do not believe your deceiving, lying eyes and ears. Believe us. And if not, we'll sue you into oblivion. And you'll have to declare bankruptcy as a result. Rudy Giuliani, former President Trump's one-time attorney, ordered to pay nearly $150 million to two former Georgia elections workers after they say he ruined their reputations with lies about the 2020 election. The disgraced former New York mayor defiant. I don't regret a damn thing. The Washington, D.C. federal jury ordering Giuliani to pay three times more than the plaintiffs were seeking. How often does that happen? Definitely punitive. Do not prove or show or target anyone that was part of the operation to steal the 2020 election. Remember, Joe Biden gave them uh, medals, literally rewarded them openly for stealing the election. These bastards don't care. These bastards don't care because there have been and there isn't any, aren't any, excuse me, consequences for their actions. People need to go to jail for this. People need to swing for this. You cannot, there has to be consequences, capital consequences for these acts of treason. Obviously, not by ad hoc like they're doing with President Trump, but through Charges, indictments, trials, showing the evidence, and then people need to people need to pay for these crimes, not be rewarded. More than 33 million in compensatory damages, 40 million for emotional distress, and 75 million in punitive damages. All after a federal judge already ruled this summer, Giuliani defamed Ruby Freeman and her daughter Shea Moss with repeated made-up claims they were involved in election fraud during ballot counting. That's right. Totally made up claims, even though we have video evidence of hidden ballots, hidden under a table, run through a counting tabulator machine and then taken out and and run through again. Oh, totally made up, but we can see it. And here's a reminder of that. In December 2020, former President Trump's legal team testified before the Georgia Senate. During testimony, a video was played. It appeared to show poll workers pulling boxes of ballots out from under a tablecloth. So now they're going to start pulling these ballots out from under this table. This table, the black one, was placed there by the lady with the blonde braids at about 8.22 a.m. in the morning. So she put that table there. So the same person who's staying behind now, the same person who cleared the place out under the pretense that we're going to stop counting is the person who put the table there at 8.22 in the morning. Yeah, I saw four suitcases come out from underneath the table. 
So what are these ballots doing there, separate from all the other ballots? And why are they only counting them whenever the place is cleared out with no witnesses? Is the question. So these machines can process about 3,000 ballots an hour. You have multiple, multiple machines there, and they're there for two hours. So you do the math. How many ballots went through those machines in those two hours when there was no one there to supervise, to be present, consistent with your statutes and rules, to supervise the tabulation? We believe that could easily be, and probably is certainly, beyond the margin of victory in this race. Because if it's only three scanners working for two hours, right, that's 18,000 ballots that went through. This is narration of presentation of a video showing Ruby Freeman scanning these ballots multiple times over and over again, the same ballots through these machines when no one was watching. So we're now at 11.09. There were, in addition to the four workers that you see there, there were two other people who were bringing ballots in and out. Uh, the, the gentleman in red that you saw, and then a second person, I can't tell if it's a male or female based on their uh, hair being pulled back in their mask, but in any event, that's six total people. And so if we were to sit here for the next two hours, what we would see is that this operation just goes on and on and on. They're scanning until about 12.55 in the morning so we kept the, the uh, video running, and you know we can show you the people who gave us the affidavits reappearing at that time, just as they said, around 1 a.m. to find out, are they in fact counting after they told us they would stop working or not? So Giuliani and others exposed this two hours of Ruby Freeman. Once again, those of you watching the video version of this, I'm showing you again the footage I've showed several times throughout the years of these hidden ballots being counted through the machine, taken out, counted again, taken out, counted again by Ruby Freeman herself and her daughter Shea Moss is there and other operatives. But she is a victim. In her own words, she's a victim. In the words of Fannie Willis over in Fulton County, these are beautiful women. They did nothing wrong. And they're all victims of Rudy Giuliani. Oh, no, Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani. That white man, part of the patriarchy. How dare he show everybody in the world what we did that was caught on video. The flame that Giuliani lit with those lies changed every aspect of our lives. Um, those are two beautiful human beings, really, really beautiful human beings. If you have older people in your life, you know that so many of them so often will take their time and be election workers. No one should ever suffer abuse. And so um, I'm happy that they got a civil verdict, but I'm a criminal prosecutor. And so I'm interested in criminal violations of the law and prosecuting them. Now, the deep state didn't just steal the 2020 election. They also made sure that all problems went away for Miss Freeman and Miss Moss. The names of two Fulton County election workers are cleared. The Georgia State Election Board has dismissed its years-long investigation into alleged misconduct during the 2020 election. Since November 2020, the Georgia Secretary of State's office had been investigating a complaint against two Fulton County election workers. The workers, Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Shea Moss, were accused of committing fraud while tabulating ballots. 
Videos that circulated on social media appear to show Freeman and Moss pulling ballots from suitcases hidden underneath tables and scanning the same batch of ballots multiple times. But the Georgia State Elections Board voted to dismiss the investigation, saying there was no evidence of conspiracy. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a Republican, said in a statement that three law enforcement agencies reviewed the entire unedited video footage of the events in question surrounding the two election workers at State Farm Arena. The investigative report, dated March 7, 2023, concluded that all allegations made against Freeman and Moss were unsubstantiated and found to have no merit. Raffensperger said false claims and knowingly false allegations made against these election workers have done tremendous harm. In 2022, Freeman said in testimony to the January 6th committee that her reputation was ruined. All because a group of people starting with number 45 and his ally, Rudy Giuliani, decided to scapegoat me and my daughter, Shay to push their own lies about how the presidential election was stolen. Freeman and Moss sued Trump's attorney Rudy Giuliani in December 2021 over alleged false claims about the video. Giuliani doubling down on his false claims when pressed by ABC News. I have no doubt that my comments were made and they were supportable and are supportable today. In court, both women told jurors the lies led to threats on their lives, racist messages and intimidating voicemails. You're going to jail, Ruby. In tearful testimony before the January 6th committee last year, Freeman sang her very identity was lost. I've lost my name and I've lost my reputation. I've lost my sense of security. All right, I'm a black man, so I'm going to do some black privilege here, uh, Miss Freeman. You should be uh, very, very grateful that your ass is not in jail. We see it with our own eyes, which you did. Your reputation is ruined because you helped steal an election that has ruined this country, and I hope to hell that you pay for the crimes that you that that you were part of. Now we know you try to come clean. Perhaps. And if you uh, if you missed that, oh man, I'll have to find it. It was one of my previous episodes. But you didn't come clean. You sold your soul to the, sold your soul to the devil. And I think you deserve whatever comes. It's racist because someone said you're going to jail for breaking a crime. Folks, Fannie Willis, Ruby Freeman, um, Shea Moss, uh, Letitia James. These are all black people. These are actual slaves of the Satan Democrats. So they can hide behind the fact that when you show their crimes, they can cry racism and misogyny. I'm not falling for it. These are treasonous, traitorous, rat bastard criminals that should be in prison and should get a traitor's reward. And like Giuliani... I'm not backing down from that. And now Giuliani having to declare bankruptcy to protect himself against these $148 million uh, settlement or punitive damages, all the damages and everything that, that he has to pay. 
Rudy Giuliani filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in New York. He's listing debts of up to $500 million, assets of up to just $10 million. This comes just one day after a federal judge ruled Giuliani has to immediately pay that $148 million that he owes to two former Georgia election workers. By the way, him declaring bankruptcy actually kind of puts a stop for now to that $148 million settlement. But what I think is very interesting, and we'll end with this, is how they're going after Giuliani. This is It's not just this case. They're trying to bury and swamp this guy every which way from Sunday. So the main debt that he lists in this filing, Chris, is the $148 million he owes to Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. And that appears to have been the tipping point here. He also owes more than a million dollars to some uh, lawyers uh, who are suing him. And he lists some other theoretical notional debts that could occur in lawsuits where he is a defendant. For example, Hunter Biden is suing him for defamation. Uh, Smartmatic, the voting company, suing him. So so he he's listing potential debts, uh, and, and that goes up to $500 million. Hunter Biden laptop story hidden. Giuliani tries to get that out. A lot of people say on the Democrat side they would not have voted for Biden had they known about the laptop. Giuliani's getting sued for bringing the truth out on that. Smartmatic, uh, Dominion machines are allegedly part of the steal. I'm saying alleged. I don't know why I'm saying alleged. Maybe they're going to sue me. Who knows? They sued Giuliani. And then now the Freemans. And the whole system, there is no justice in America anymore. All right, thanks for being here, folks. Big hug, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.